Welcome to the Motion Picture Podcast, um, and a very interesting episode today. We will not be, you know, doing the typical uh, one movie, I guess, discussion that uh, we normally have done, because, well, obviously it's been a little bit since our last episode. It's been a, a very busy past few weeks um, with, you know, Thanksgiving and all that, uh... So we haven't really found a great time to record the episode we wanted to, but we will be back. We have an episode planned very soon, which we're excited for. We have some Christmas episodes for December, um, but but the thing I have today, and if you have if you don't follow me on either TikTok or Instagram, this may be the first time hearing this, but uh, I, I'm re-recording this. Uh, Sunday, so I'm going to refer to it as yesterday, because that's when it was, but yesterday, um, which was Saturday the 25th, I spent all day at the movie theater. Um, I had been planning this for for a while now, um, I think, I might have had this idea in like September, and, you know, slowly but surely, um... I've been, like, you know, following, like, what movies are going to be out these weekends, uh, like, the times that they'll be playing, and if I can get to all of them, and it all, you know, came together yesterday, uh, and the reason that I thought it would be appropriate to talk about this, one, because I, I would really like to talk about the experience and the movies I saw, but because, uh, well, you got to, you know, see one of them, you know, um, Hold on. You saw Thanksgiving. Yeah, I did. It oh. was so good. So, the movies, uh, for one thing, I, two, I think, really have a good conversation with you, Audrey, because you did not see, you know, four of the five. I will have to go into spoiler. This will be a spoiler episode. Um, <laughs> for, uh, yeah, there's no way you could talk yeah. about Thanksgiving and not spoil it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can, but it's boring. It's, yeah, it wouldn't be nearly as exciting if we didn't get to, like, talk about all that happens, but especially with a few of these movies, I feel like I have to go into detail, so spoilers. Um, today I'll be covering the movie Saltburn, which is directed by Emerald Fennell, Thanksgiving, which is directed by Eli Roth, The Holdovers, directed by Alexander Payne, Wish, directed by Chris Buck, and Fawn Sunthorn, I think is how you pronounce their last name, and then Napoleon, directed by Ridley Scott. So I will be basically going, you know, beat by beat for what my day was. Um, starting off, uh, well, before we get into that, there's a few things happening right now. Uh, besides this, we, we will get to the all day, but I would like to talk about one big thing in particular. Uh, have you seen what is happening with Scream 7? Oh, about that girl getting fired? So, um, I'm gonna make sure I don't get her name wrong, um, because that would be extremely embarrassing, but over the weekend, uh, the actress, Melissa Barrera, was fired from Scream 7 because she, uh, spoke out in support for Palestine. Um, and the studio framed it as, um, anti-Semitism and, like, pro-hate speech. 
Um, and then, like, the day after, uh, Jenna Ortega announced that she was not going to be in it. Uh, she, it was reported that it was because of, uh, scheduling conflicts with, uh, Wednesday Season 2, but I, I think most of us kind of agree that it's because she supports her friend. It is, uh, truly an awful thing that she was fired for this. Um, it is... I don't see... At this point, I don't think... If they can't have these two in it, I don't think Scream 7 needs to exist. It's gonna go downhill. I mean, no one's gonna watch it anyways. No one's gonna like, watch it. Because there's so many screams. Like, they're milking that thing dry. Like, I, I'm a big fan of... Like, I think Scream 5 was great. I loved Scream 6 from this year. I thought it was great. Um... And I think it was because I really enjoyed this new set of characters. And without them, it's just, there's no reason to it. There's no reason to go about it. I, it's just, I don't know. It's just a very terrible thing that she was fired. But I don't, you know, think this is the kind of time or place to go into the, you know, into all the political stuff of it. I just... I really hope somehow she finds her way back into Scream 7. Same with Jenna Ortega, because I do think the Scream franchise is probably my favorite horror franchise. Uh, we've already, you know, done an episode on Scream. Oh, my lord, that was so fun. I, I miss Michaela. We gotta bring her back. We will, we will definitely bring her back for another episode. Um, I'm trying to think what other, you know, big news has come out. Uh, nothing much. Obviously, it's Black Friday weekend. Um. Yeah. Yep, so. How about we, you know, get into my all day at the movies experience. So, I, I got up, and obviously I got ready. Yeah, I got up, and went to the what? movies. I know, it's crazy. I had to, to get up for the movies. Um. But I, I had my first movie at 10.25, and that was the movie Saltburn, which is directed by Emerald Fennell, who also directed the movie uh, Promising Young Woman um, from 2020. It is a very, the very different movies, uh, definitely very different. Uh, I, I liked Promising Young Woman. I didn't love it. I think there are some issues with the pacing and the script. But I enjoyed, like, all the performances and the score. I thought it was great. Um, and it ended up, I think, I forgot what it won, but it did win an Oscar. Um, and was nominated for Best Picture. So, Interesting. Uh, for a quick plot synopsis. <clears throat> Struggling to find his place at Oxford University, student Oliver Quick finds himself drawn to the world of the charming and aristocrat, uh, Craddock. Felix Catton, who invites him to Saltburn, his eccentric family's sprawling estate, for summer never to be forgotten. It stars um, Barry Keoghan, who is recently uh, nominated for Best Supporting Actor for his work in The Banshees of Inishirin. Uh but he's also been in... He's the going to be the Joker in the new Matt Reeves, Robert Pattinson Batman universe. He was in the Marvel movie The Eternals from a few years back. He's in one oh, of my... that did not go very well. <laughs> it did not, but I, I think he was not at fault for that. I think he was good. But he was also in one of my favorite horror movies ever, uh, The Killing of the Sacred Deer, or of a Sacred Deer. 
so he's a very, very talented actor, I think. One of the better ones. Like, one of the best young actors working. Uh, also, Jacob Elordi, who is known for The Kissing Booth and Euphoria. <laughs> uh, also recently, Priscilla, he is, uh, plays Elvis, and he is fantastic in that. He does? Yeah, he's uh, Priscilla was great. I love Priscilla. I never, oh my lord, I remember watching something where someone was like, Oh, Priscilla's so bad. They they made Elvis seem like a terrible person. This isn't fair. He's not here to defend himself. <laughs> and I, I was like, um, you know, I would agree if this was uh, false information. No, it's but, very true. Uh, <laughs> My, this stuff actually happened. I have a friend who hates Elvis and loved this movie. Like, he came out and was like, oh, that was fantastic. Um, I mean... Uh, sorry, I had to go on a rant. Uh, that's like, fair. Bruh. <laughs> the, 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 uh, it El- actually happened. It's about this yeah. girl. It's not about Elvis. Calm no, down. it's definitely not about Elvis. Uh, but this also stars Rosamund Pike, who uh, was in a, he's, she's been in a ton of things. She was in a James Bond movie. She was in Pride and Prejudice. I think she's probably wrote, most well-known for Gone Girl. Um, she was fantastic in Gone Girl. It's got Richard E. Grant who's been in a ton of stuff. Um, and then a bunch of other actors, uh, Allison Oliver, Archie... I can't... I'm sorry, I can't pronounce his last name. He was uh, very recently in the Gran Turismo movie. And then... Yeah, so... This was a very uh, interesting movie to start the day with, I think. If I'm being fully honest, I may have chosen, and I will you know, clarify more later on in this about the other part, but I think I chose the worst movies to start and end the day. Oh, that's awful. Um, because this is... Uh, a lot of people, if you will go and look this up on, like, Twitter, will say how messed up this movie is. Um, and say, how, like, oh, this is, like, this, this is crazy, like, this is, like, psychotic behavior that is shown in this, but... It was very weird. I think there were a lot of scenes where I was kind of... I probably had a very interesting facial expression while watching this. From what um, I've heard, that makes sense. It is, on on a technical level, pretty phenomenal. I think the cinematography is... It's one of the most beautiful movie-looking-wise of the year, I think. Um, very happy I got to see this on the big screen. I think performance-wise... Uh, stellar across the board. Not a singular weak performance out of all this. Um, but, okay, so we will have to go into spoilers. I've already mentioned that. Spoilers for all these movies. I think this one and the next one definitely most obvious. Um, but this one in particular. So, spoiler warnings now. Just laying that out there. I am going to dive into this one because... Basically, what the entire plot is, and you don't really find this out until the end, was that um, Barry Keoghan's character, Oliver, has been sinister, like doing this sinister plot to, I guess, like take over the house? I don't... I think that's my biggest problem, and I think a lot of people's biggest problem with this movie is that his intentions are very unclear. It is... You're not sure if he's trying to 
kill all these people if he's trying to just become rich and become one part of the family, if he's trying to, like, get with Jacob Elordi's character romantically. Like, it's... It's very un... You're very unsure, and I don't think the movie ever lays it out for you, even in the ends, because uh, Oliver delivers this just insane monologue, and it's like, this is what I've been doing. Like, he has this, like, evil villain monologue about, like, what he's been doing this entire time. And I think for most of this movie, it works, um, because he kind of goes to each uh, family member, like, personally, and finds some way to break them or get their trust or manipulate them. And it's really interesting because you don't, you know, truly know what he's trying to do. I think when you get to the end and it, like, lays it out, like, it's very unclear even at the end why he does some of this stuff because I think for, like, a lot of this, uh, I have seen this get compared to the movie The Talented Mr. Ripley, which I have not seen yet, but I, I do know the plot of it, but, you know, I think at first that his, like, you know, big plot is to, like, he's obsessed with, uh, Jacob Elordi's character, Felix, and he just, like, you know, wants to be around him the whole time, but then he starts, you know, going to, um, Felix's sister and his cousin, and begins to, like, well, he seduces the sister, and also blackmails the cousin by uh, sending an email through the cousin's computer, um, basically framing him that he was trying to, like, sell, like, historic plates to another family. Um, so, you know, this a whole time, and it basically ends, the entire movie ends with, I think the uh, cousin makes it out alive, but every other character besides... Uh, Oliver, the main one, they all die. Like, and then it becomes where he, you know, takes over this estate, but the problem with the ending is it, there's like, up until like a while into the movie, it never feels like that's what he's trying to do. It, it feels like the, the writer had like five different kinds of motivations for the character and really could not decide on them and just decided to do all of them and like again I think w the way I'm talking about it, it and my mom had this like same like question it definitely when I when I talk about it it seems like I hate this movie but I was thoroughly invested this entire time because even though I don't think the ending makes a ton of sense it's kind of entertaining uh just the absurdity of it all it sounds like it like it sounds insane it is i don't i again due to the nature of this podcast i can't really accurately describe some of the scenes but it is you know <laughs> very yeah, weird makes it makes it makes me regret uh possibly considering this an oscars candidate because this will be nowhere near the Oscars at all. 
Um, I think I think out of all these movies today, it is easily the the hardest one to recommend to people. It this will I I mean reviews that I've people that I follow range from five stars that someone gave it at, to two and a half. Like it is oh, really a a wide spectrum of people's thoughts, and I definitely see mine either going up or down on a potential rewatch. Um, because when I was, like, talking to people about, like, you know, all day at the movies, it was cool because, like, all these movies are so vastly different from one another. And I was like, well, I have a a horror movie, and I have a Christmas movie, I got an animated movie, I got a historical movie. And then I would get to Saltburn, and before and after both have the same problem. I really don't know how to classify this movie. Like it is, it's like a thriller, and it's sometimes like a horror movie, but it like a it's dr- like a thriller. Drama. Sometimes it's absolutely so hilarious. It's like borderline comedy sometimes. Like the ending is hilarious, um, but I will not spoil the ending for you because it is a a very interesting treat to watch the ending unfold. Like the last, I appreciate that. Like you know, the, it sounds like a movie I want to watch. Like you know how it ends, but like the last scene specifically, I cannot give away because it was just a very interesting <laughs> experience. Um, oh, I will, that is not like the way you're saying. The the only things. the only thing I, I'm gonna say this and then not give any more. Like you'll give you clear not clear idea, but like a small idea is that um, I have learned that. While watching movies, nothing makes a movie better than a random, out of nowhere dance scene, and that is where I'm going to end it on. Um, and you what? Hopefully, get context sometime soon. But it is, it's like, I think. Okay, I already have one issue with it, but I think the only other issue I have with it is that it is. Very unclear what this movie is saying. Um, Because the movie I look at this, like, comparison-wise, is a movie from 2019 called Parasite. Um, Which, you know, very quick summary, was basically about um, the family of poor people infiltrating a family of rich people by working for them. And it is, again, one of my favorite movies of all time. And uh, you can, like, understand the message. It's like, oh, like, this is what happens. Like, this is what, like, the poor population will do. Like, if they are, you know, if they suffer so much. Like, that's the lengths they'll go. There's, like, there's a lot of, a lot of themes in that movie. And this one, like, (laughs) it's like, there's a lot of movies nowadays um, about like eat the rich of like how terrible rich people are. Um, I mean, last oh, year, so last year, <laughs> Triangle so of Sadness, The Menu, Glass Onion. I, I can't. There's definitely more. But, like, there's a ton of them, and I think this would be considered one. But at the same time, the rich people in this movie aren't that bad, and the worst character in this movie is the main character. And it's weird, because the main character in this movie is not even poor. He's, like, upper middle class. Like, he has a really nice house with multiple sisters and, a, like, a mom and dad. Like, he is not suffering 
And a mom and a dad. Mom That's and crazy. a dad. Like, he doesn't even have a broke, not even close to a broken household. Like, they're, like, normal parents. I, I, it's just so unclear what this movie's, like, message is. Because it's not, like, rich people bad, because, like, even though they're rich and have a ton of money, you kind of feel bad for them, because they just got taken advantage of by this little gremlin boy. And just, just, like, basically broke up their entire family. It's a very interesting one. Um, But we will uh, hopefully... We might dedicate an entire episode to this movie once uh, Audrey gets the chance to see this. That might um, be a while. <laughs> maybe. Uh, I have a very, very busy schedule for movies over the next over this month, actually. Um, but also, um, so the movie ended, uh, Saltburn ended, and I had about an hour. I relaxed for a bit, and then at one fifty, um, I was met by Audrey because we saw. Thanksgiving. Um, it's, direct, it's directed by Eli Roth, uh, who's known for directing movies like Hostel, uh, The Green Inferno, A House in the, with a Clock in Its Walls. He's directing the upcoming Borderlands. Oh, he directed that? Yeah. Uh, I love that movie. He's directing the upcoming Borderlands movie with Kate Blanchett, Kevin Hart, Jack Black, and Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, I think that comes out next year. And uh, this movie... I, I told you in the theater, but for the people listening, for context, there was this thing called Grindhouse um, back in, I think, 2008. And it was two movies. I think it was Planet Terror and Death Wish. Um, directed by, one was Robert Rodriguez, who directed, um, what did he, I know he did, he did the um, Spy Kids movies. Uh, he did uh, Shark Boy and Lava Girl. He did... Uh, Sin City, Alita Battle Angel, From Dusk Till Dawn. Very interesting, um, lineup there. He has, like, some of the most violent, crazy movies in the world, and then he has Spy Kids, and it's just... Um, but then, uh, Death Proof was directed by Quentin Tarantino, who's directed movies like Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And so they put those two movies together, and then a bunch of other directors... Um, had little short trailers in between the movies. And, um, some of them got turned into, like, actual theatrical movies. And one that had been, like, done, like, asked to death in terms of, like, turning into an actual movie was a three-minute short film titled Thanksgiving. About a killer killing people on Thanksgiving. And finally, uh... Let me make sure I have the math right on this quit real quick. Um, 16 years later, we finally have the f- uh, full-length Thanksgiving movie, and it was great. 16 years later? 16 years later. Are you kidding me? That's wild. Um, This was easily the most fun I had that day, or yesterday, um... I mean, uh, okay, so I will start, uh, what did, what did you think of Thanksgiving? I, I really liked it. Honestly, it was really fun to watch. I didn't really like the ending that much, but everything else was really fun. It was very enjoyable. Um, 
However, my movie experience is a bit tainted. Why is that? Um, so, uh, if you're a man and you don't like, uh, people talking about mm, interesting things, please cover your ears. Okay, thank you. I may have started my period during this movie. Oh. And I had to just sit there because I didn't want to miss anything. Oh, my goodness. And cramps started hurting and so i was like oh dear but thank you for the gummy bears the gummy bears worked All and right. they, they helped that is i'm glad that i could help i had no idea it's okay oh, if it was that goodness. bad i would have left but that that is fair um I, I was like i'm sticking it out i want to watch this movie probably... so my my experience is just a tad bit tainted yeah um i will definitely uh i can say this before i like get into it definitely one i'm gonna rewatch next thanksgiving um oh it's so good. Like, there are so many Halloween and Christmas movies that exist, but there are so little Christmas mo- uh, Thanksgiving movies. And, like, this is such a good one. Um, so, for plot synopsis. <clears throat> After a Black Friday riot ends in tragedy, a mysterious Thanksgiving-inspired killer terrorizes Plymouth, Massachusetts, the birthplace of the holiday. Picking off residents one by one, what begins as random revenge killings are soon revealed to be a part of a larger, sinister holiday plan. It stars, um, Sexiest Man of the Year, Patrick Dempsey. Shut up. Um, it also stars Addison Ray. Stop, um, I didn't even know that was her. Not, I, there's like people online like saying, oh yeah, she was, she was great in that. She's barely in the movie. Honestly, honestly, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, she gets like three lines. So if she, I think it would be more interesting if she did a bad job in this movie. Um, it would be very apparent. Yeah. Uh, but also has Milo Mannheim, who is um, known for the Zombies trilogy on Disney Channel. Stop. That is so funny. Um, when I saw him, my face. Very interesting ah. experience. Um, and then a few other smaller actors, um, I think there's obviously a lot of reasons to go to, like, horror movies, um, like, the reasons I went to, like, to see Nope in theaters was incredibly different than the reason I went to see, like, Barbarian in theaters, like, they're, like, two different, but for this one, my, my main focus was I just wanted to see the kills, because... In terms of a slasher, like Scream and Halloween and all these, I think the kills can make or break a movie. Um, Like, if you have, like, really good ones, like, if you have, like, you know, the opening to Scream, or... I I can't think of many others, um, like, off the top of my head. Barbarian. I mean, I guess, yeah, Barbarian had a ton of kills, but, like, if you have some memorable kills, that can take your movie... Even if you have a weaker story, that can take your movie pretty far. And I, it's safe to say that this movie delivered. Because I do not think there's a boring kill in this entire movie. Like, even even in Scream, which is my still my favorite, you know, horror franchise. Like, none, there's some kills that just aren't, you know, the most exciting or original. They're like, just, you know, knife stabs. But this one... It went all out on the violence uh, multiple times where we were just in 
you know, dead shock with what was happening on the screen. Um, I mean, there's a, a parade sequence during it that yeah, was... That came out, that came out of nowhere. ...was absolutely, like, insane. Um, it is not, not a, not a family Thanksgiving movie. Definitely not. Um, I wouldn't say, and I think you'll probably agree with me here, it wasn't really scary. No, not at all. It was definitely suspenseful in some scenes. I think there was a scene, um, in the renovated house with the girl... Um, oh, the the chase scene! Oh my god, that was pretty suspenseful. Um, I like how they used a character that we did not care about. Oh, <laughs> uh, I was talking about the um, the thing with the ears. What the so oh, so? There's oh, one okay. scene. Uh, so all these killings are happen, and one of the girls, one of the groups of teens, uh, one of the teen. Um, is taken by her dad because they're going to Florida to escape the killings. And she's, like, upstairs packing to leave, and her, I think, security guard or something? It's, like, it's a cop. It's or just cop. a cop. Uh, her, a cop and her dad are both tranquilized by the Thanksgiving killer, uh, John Carver. <laughs> John Carver is his name, which is, uh... I remember I was listening, uh, because there's time in between my fourth and fifth movie where I could just relax for a bit, and I listened to a podcast with the director talking about making Thanksgiving, he's like, he and his brother were, like, researching things, and he's like, we found out that the the founder of, like, Plymouth was named John, or something, was named John Carver, which is such a really good horror slasher name. Um... <laughs> So he, the killer goes up, and this girl is like calling her boyfriend. He's like, and the killer comes behind her and takes two of those like corn. What what would you call them? I don't know. I didn't even know what they were. Like, there's like the things that go on the end of corn, so you can like hold it and eat it, and that he stabs them through her ears, and and then like that basically ruptures her eardrums, and that is terrifying, but I, I definitely agree with what you were saying in terms of the most suspenseful scene. Um, so, the main girl's stepmom, one, terrible person. Like, you don't like her. Awful. You never like her. From you since never the beginning, like you don't like her. Um, and so she, I think the only, one of the big plot holes is I wish there was a scene where we saw her getting taken by the killer. You know, mm-hmm. instead of her just magically being Wait, no, no. there. Wasn't she in the car at the parade? I don't know. I I don't remember. If so, okay, that makes sense. Um, but she is. So we see her on a table, uh, at first unconscious, but she wakes up, and she is being prepared, uh, for something. She is, um. Dusted with salt and pepper and all, she's like lathered in like an oil or something, and it that it's was a butter. Butter. It was a very uncomfortable scene there. Um, and so she gets up and is, tries to escape. She a lot of you know cat and mouse kind of thing. She 
makes it upstairs of this like building. Um, notices a girl in a like a bag in a refrigerator. Um, and the killer grabs a pitchfork and starts like trying to find her, and she runs out the house, and the pitchfork gets like like thrown into her back, and then. With all this, you know, stuff to prepare her, she is put in a human-sized oven. And, um, it should be known that I have a intense fear of very tight spaces. Oh, I so forgot about that. This was terrifying. Um, obviously, like, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, this could happen to me, you know? But it was like... Oh my god, what if this did happen to me? Like, it would be the worst thing. Um, and then, speaking of tight spaces and parts of my fear, um, I would say this had a really... F- like, I don't think this will be considered, like, a, like this is going to be the horror movie that defies defines what's going to come after it, like Scream did. Um, but I would argue to say that this had one of the best, like, horror movie cold opens in a while. Um. What does that mean? Cold open, it's like a scene or something that happens before the title. Um, because obviously, and and the director talked about this, these kind of horror movies need an inciting incident, incident that kind of shapes what happens. And this one takes place on Black Friday. And uh, might I have to add, how small does a town have to be where there's that many people on, like, Thursday night, you know, waiting? Because, like, I, I did Black Friday shopping. I went to a mall. Like, it was busy. But it wasn't, like, the levels that this got to. Um, yeah, that's insane. That's utterly insane. Like that—that that is why I just don't go to. It's things like that. The horror stories I hear, I refuse to go Black Friday shopping. I mean, literally, you should um, ask Michaela about what happened to her mom on Black Friday. It's insane. Uh, well, the there's a bunch of customers because they're going to open the store. Um, they're gonna open on Thanksgiving night, and there's, like, probably a good 50 people, 50 to 100 people waiting outside, and they start pushing in, and they get to the door, and they start crushing, basically, like, people are, like, getting pushed against the door so much that the door shatters, and then, like, it falls, like, basically the whole door frame falls onto this dude, the security guy, and he gets trampled while being under and on top of glass. Um, so he dies. And then there's all these, like... F- it's one of the most... And then, uh, with the broken glass, one guy runs and gets his neck, like, cut by the glass as he's trying to run in. And one of the simultaneous, like, kind of funny, but also makes me want to punch somebody part, is that, like, he is currently bleeding out, and he has, like, a... Like a, um, like a waffle iron or something, or waffle maker in hand, and he's like just sitting down, bleeding out and dying. And one woman walks up to him, grabs the waffle maker, and leaves. 
does not even notice his current condition. so bad. And then one woman who is, you know, the real inciting incident, um, she gets knocked over, and her hair gets caught up in two women that are currently having a fight with shopping carts. Her hair gets caught up in it, and, like, part of her scalp gets ripped off. That was disgusting. Um, And, again, spoiler warning... How did I, I do want to ask this now? How did you f- end up feeling about the killer? Honestly, I liked the tie-in on why. Yeah, but I just—I don't know. It's not his character wasn't believable. It just didn't yeah. feel like believable. Um, so what well, ended up being the sheriff, who is played by Patrick Dempsey again, uh, sexiest man of twenty twenty-three. I don't know how he did it. Uh, but good for him. Sure. Um, who goes on this killing spree for people that were a part of this uh, Black Friday thing because the woman who got her scalp ripped off was his, uh, he was having an affair with her. Well, she was having an affair with him. He was single. Like, he he didn't have it. But she had a husband. His wife just died. His wife had died, and she was the mother of his child. Unborn child. Unborn child. And so in that accident, she died and the baby had died, so he goes on vengeance. And I think... I read a lot... So, I didn't say this in the theater or after. I knew it was him. Um, I had gotten it spoiled for me. I I knew it was him as the killer. But I... And so I went in with that knowledge. And I, I heard a lot of reviews saying how they you know, guessed it right away from, like, the first five minutes. And there's just a part of me, I don't think it was that well set up. Um, like, a lot of the scenes that he was in, I don't... And they, like, when it's revealed, it cuts to a lot of scenes from, like, earlier in the movie where it's like, this was what was happening, how did you not catch this? And I'm like, it still feels a bit cheap. Um, again, my, my biggest issue was the lack of, um, Ryan, which was played by Milo Mannheim, is, I think his absence in that last act was just, I think one of my biggest issues, because it's like a character, he's been built up for a while, and he's just not there. It was so loud, his silence was so loud. Um, like, I really wish he would have had something... It would have been cool if it was two killers. I don't... I wouldn't have been able to see his... Ooh. Intentions, but... Yes. For the longest time, I put it in my head that it was going to be Ryan and Bobby. That would have been fantastic, honestly. That would have been great. And that's why they were beefing. It's because it, they would never suspect it was both of them. And I was like, that would have been awesome. But that would have been great. wasn't either of them. And um. I was like, well, that sucks. I will say, once he's revealed, I do think he has a pretty good, like, villain presence. Like, he's pretty The motive is there. The evil is there at the very end, but nothing else made sense. Yeah. It's like, they brought it, like, I think, and I, I remember seeing someone talk about this, when having, like, a twist villain, their personality still needs to stay consistent, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what, I think Scream does really well is... Even once the... I'm not going to spoil Scream here, but once the killers are revealed, they still feel like the same people. 
Yeah, it's uh, not like completely character like, change. Like they Boom. flipped a switch and they're suddenly a psychopath. Like what? Uh, we don't know how that happened. And I think this maybe not as much. Like he doesn't like go full evil villain monologue yelling, but it does feel like re- like really like this guy. Um. No, because it's just it was so inconsistent. Yeah. Um. But also very. I can't. I'm trying to think. Were there any like? There are some pretty funny moments. There's a uh, scene in the class, the classroom, um, with like poem reading that I thought was really funny. Um, oh, that was funny. I loved that. Uh, what else was like? Like it was easily very, like the most entertaining movie I saw. Oh, oh, wait! It was. There was also the funny part where that one guy was a body bodyguard, but it would have been so easy to just tackle him. That was really fun. Like it was like a like uh, they go up uh, with the main girl and another character, and they go up to this dude's. Uh, I don't know. It was I, scuba. I, scu- it was scuba. Yeah, and they go up and they're looking to get like guns for protection, and it's like one dude ta- uh, another dude takes him up. And he asks this, like, another guy that's with him to watch the door. And the guy stands at the door. He's, like, really small. Um, very scrawny. Very scrawny. And it's, like, really funny how he's, like, you know, standing all tough. And it was it was very entertaining. Um, like, halt. You can't go in. Or I'll heat <laughs> you up, maybe? Maybe. Uh, any Any other thoughts about Thanksgiving? I don't know. I just really was not convinced because the 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 quick personality change between the killer and their actual personality it just I didn't see it. Yeah. Like they, he shouldn't have been angry. I feel like instead of like been like oh if only I was that much closer to the fence. I feel like he should have been like upset. I wish I yeah. saw him. Yeah. Like, he shouldn't have. He should have been down. less. He should have been more like mourning than outright you know angry. Exactly. Like vengeful. But I feel like he should still feel like some guilt because he's He's, a police officer. He literally was supposed to protect people, and I just it didn't feel right with the character. Um, I wish they went a different way with it. But also, overall, it was a really good movie. One interesting thing was they're like at the beginning, people are like protesting not to open the shop again, and they're like blaming the the owner for the massacre, even though no one's blaming the people who crashed in, stomped on people, didn't notice people dying, that they're not going to yeah. blame them at all. They got off basically, like, what? And some of the no. people protesting are probably the ones who were responsible. Yeah. It, it just, that part also aggravated me a bit. But, um, yeah, definitely, if you like horror movies, if you can, if you have a decent, strong stomach, um, you can take, you know, violent stuff happening, definitely check this out. It's a ton of fun. Yeah, it's very gory. Very gory. Very gory. Like, I do hate... I know, because the way you were like, ew, ugh, the whole time was so funny. I, I do hate when, like, some horror movies, like, cut away from what's happening. Be- unless, I mean, like, even if it's PG-13, I'm like, really? Like, that's kind of, like, boring. But this one... No, you get the full picture. Uh, there is no cutting away. There is no... We'll hide this. We won't go too far out of there. But, no, they... You're seeing every little bits and piece that are flying out. Um, yeah, very, very entertaining movie. Um, I, I don't know if it'll ever happen, but I would not mind seeing a sequel to this. 
Me too. Honestly, it would be so cool. Also, I want to add, my, one of the good things I liked about this movie is the growth of the dad. Yeah, the dad has a really, like, nice, um, he goes from, like, you know, really greedy to, you know, caring about his daughter. Yeah, I feel like he's more of a stuck in a morning and does whatever his, uh, new wife says, and then he didn't get that, um, wake-up call until yeah. his daughter started, like, actively pulling away, and that's whenever he, like, realized his actions are affecting other people, and then he changes. Yeah. And it's not like he divorces the wife. Well, she dies. Well, yes, but he doesn't divorce her. He just stands his ground on his opinions and doesn't let her dictate yeah. everything. Uh-huh. Which is something I like. But yeah, I think I think there's enough characters here that survive. You know, we could have Addison Ray back for the sequel. Um, <laughs> I, I told you in the theater that, you know, when movies are successful, I mean, one big... Um, example of this was, you know, this year's Barbie, um, is that studios will, if they like, all right, this made a ton of money, what can we learn from this? How can we, like, use this success to make more money? Sometimes they get it dead wrong. Instead of, they took Barbie's message and they're like, all right, we need more movies about toys. That's what people want to see. That's what was successful about Barbie. Um, and I really hope this movie's success does not mean studios are like, you know what? This Addison Rae girl is a good actress. We're, let's just hire her for her friend. She was barely in it, though. She was barely in it, so... I know. hope they take away that you do not need elaborate backstory on everyone. Though, though, I really wish I got to see more of Ryan and the girl, because there was, like, barely any yeah, interaction. like, I'm like, them. they're and- together... <laughs> No, because it just, like, happened, and then I did not feel the chemistry. It yeah. just felt so forced. I didn't like it. He had better chemistry when he was a zombie. That's that's all I can say. Yeah. Um, moving on to my favorite movie of the day, um, because it was a rewatch. The only movie I chose to see again today, a movie I'd already seen a few weeks ago, and that's a movie called The Holdovers. It is directed by Alexander Payne, who's known for directing movies like Election, which is, I highly recommend Election, but also movies like Sideways and Nebraska, which are also both great. And it stars Paul Giamatti, who is funny. Like, I don't recognize him from a ton of stuff. Like, when I saw he was in this movie, I'm like, oh, that's cool. I don't, I didn't really, you know, recognize him from any movies. I mean, he's in a ton of things. Um, he's in The Amazing Spider-Man 2... The Truman Show, Saving Private Ryan, 12 Years a Slave. Um, I mean, like, he's in a ton of movies. But uh, he's in it. Um, Divine Joy Randolph, who has been in a ton. She was recently in um, well, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. A very small role there. She's in a show I love uh, called Only Murders in the Building. Oh, I've been seeing uh, stuff for that. I've been seeing fantastic show. I love season three was phenomenal. Um, and then also Dominic Sessa, who this is his first on-screen role, and it is one of the most impressive um, acting debuts I have seen. Like you could not tell this is like his first time being in a movie. It is really yeah. It is 
re- like so good, such a good performance. Um, and in terms of a uh, plot synopsis, uh, curmudgeonly, that is the word it's going to use. Curmudgeonly. All right, uh, a curmudgeonly instructor at a New England prep school is forced to remain on campus during Christmas break to babysit the handful of students with nowhere to go. Eventually, he forms an unlikely bond with one of them, a damaged, brainy troublemaker, and with the school's head cook, who has just lost a son in Vietnam. Um, Oof. it is... I was I was listening to a podcast uh, a few weeks ago, um, and they brought up how they think that, like, uh, Elf was probably the last big Christmas classic. Um, and I can safely say... That in the year 2023, we have a new one. Because um, not only is this just a fantastic Christmas movie, but it is also one of the best movies I have seen all year. Really? Um, That's awesome. It is. Um, and I mentioned I, I mentioned this to my parents like the first time I saw it, and I think it holds true. There's some... Obviously, I think the idea and the memories and the nostalgia of Christmas have probably better emotional, like, like, you know, better emotions than the actual Christmas month itself. Like, yeah. I think thinking about Christmas in the season is probably better than actual Christmas. So, in the theater, <gasps> it is really nice to, like, hear Christmas music playing and to hear people, you know, enjoying Christmas. And it's just such a war movie like both times there are like parts in like the middle where I just could not help but just smile because of how sweet this movie was uh multiple times where I was literally on the verge of tears because of like Aww. sometimes how like joyous this movie is um the director did come out um saying that he was nauseated by people calling this a feel good movie which I think is pretty funny um, but I do think this is a feel-good movie. Um, <laughs> it will definitely be getting Oscar stuff. It'll probably get, uh, Best Actor, uh, Supporting Actress, probably Picture, uh, maybe Director, uh, Cinematography, Score, um, I mean, a lot of, it's gonna get a ton of Oscars, and it will be released on digital sometime this week as we're recording, um, oh, for real? Yes, oh, so awesome. I will be uh, watching this again. Um, my mom told me today that she was planning on actually surprising me at the movies to see this with me, but unfortunately she got sick yesterday and could not uh, make it. Um, she, she did end up getting sick? She did end up getting sick, um, so could not make it. To this, but I will be rewatching this with them probably this week or next week because it is a masterpiece. Um, it is, I think. So the the coolest part, and I think the thing that you know everyone took notice from when this came out, uh, like the trailer, was mm-hmm. how much like this movie feels like something from the seventies. Um, in terms of even just, like, the trailer, but, like, how it looks and yeah, sounds. Yeah, the trailer did feel like it. Like, it looks something, like, from, like, older. And it feels so... I think 
some of the problems with today's movies are like it's too self-aware that it's a movie, you know? And it kind of, you know, it kind of takes you out of it, like the suspension of disbelief. It's too meta. Yeah, the suspension of disbelief is completely broken, and this one is just so earnest and has no, like, you know, it's not making fun of itself. Like, it is genuinely comfortable with being what it is. And I don't think, this movie is not, like, breaking any barriers. This is not going to be, like, a mo- again, I think, what I said about Thanksgiving, it's not going to change the industry, I don't think. But I, I do believe this is one that people will be talking about and watching a ton. Um, uh, before I go into more detail about this movie, I would like to share one fun anecdote from this, um, back, so I, I, uh, go to Regal Cinemas, that's the, the movie theater I go to, um, and they did this, uh, special thing at the end of October, where for one day and one time, uh, they had an early access to see this, and, this was one of my most anticipated of the fall, so I immediately got the ticket and got to see it. Um, but when I got there, so I got like my popcorn. I got I, I was going up to my seat. Um, I see this family go in, and they're like talking and laughing, and I hear the mom say, or no, I hear the son say, like, "Hey, I don't really want you to be like saying, oh, remember this, remember this." And I was like, "Ah, uh, cool. I don't like." If I'm, like, in a movie theater, I do not want to talk to strangers, um, (laughs) at all. Uh, there was, uh, one more small anecdote before I finish the other small anecdote. Um, when I saw Barbie, um, like, me and, uh, my friend were there first, and then, like, an older couple came in, and I, like, went to use the bathroom. When I came up, the, the husband of the older couple was like, did you get dragged along into this, too? And I was like, no, I chose to be here, and then I sat down (laughs) Um, the, the 17 year old willingly choosing to see Barbie, um, a male, male, male. don't forget the male part, the male part, um, my dad still won't, he has not seen it, but won't let me live down how much I really love Barbie, but, um, he doesn't get it, he he does not get it, but, so, so I go, um, I sit down, this family's like having a whole conversation, um, the son gives up, gets up and uh, goes out of the theater for a second, and I hear the mom whisper, "Should we tell him? Should we tell him?" And she gets up, and turns around and looks at me, and and she's like, "Hey, uh, don't I just don't want to bother you, but just want to say, um, our son is in this movie. Um, so if you like hear like talking to stuff, that that's what it is. He plays uh, this character. He plays the character." Um, Teddy, I believe, um, and he's, he's not in the movie a ton, like, after, I think, like, the 45-minute mark, he's gone, but he's in it a good bit, um, so that was a really, you know, fun experience, he was also in the Black Phone, um, so that was really cool, uh, so that, I have pretty fun memories of that, that there was an actor, um, and he ended up being neighbors with a friend I made at film camp, so that was even cooler um so i so it was really nice in the theater because it was me and like 
some older people down a few rows uh, up, or a few rows down. I was, like, the second to last row to the top, and it was just really nice to, like, hear their laughter for some of the jokes, and I, w- I wouldn't laugh. Like, they would start laughing, and then that would, in like, result in me laughing. Um... It's it's a shame, and I'm I'm glad. I hope this means that people are gonna get to s- more like more people get to see it. But it is a shame that the movie's already coming to digital because it is such a good experience to see in the theater. Um, like this movie can get you know serious. Like there are some like you know you know very very heartbreaking moments. Especially with uh, Divine Joy Randolph's character, um, Mary, uh, yeah, uh, and her stuff dealing with the loss of her son um, can get you know very you know, heavy on the heart. Um, but this movie still has these like really really funny lines. Um, there's a scene. Where uh, one of the main characters, um, Angus, played by Dominic Sessa, breaks his arm. And then the whole scene of him going to the doctors and, like, well, getting to the doctors and then being at the doctors was the one of the funniest scenes of the year. Um, Paul Giamatti, who plays uh, Paul Hunnam in the movie, one who will absolutely be getting a Best Actor nomination, he is... Probably the funniest performance of the entire year. Um, so much of what he says is absolute gold. Um, yeah, it's like absolutely phenomenal. I highly encourage everyone to see this movie. It is one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, just, just an absolute masterpiece. Um, and then on the opposite side of absolute masterpieces... Um, at 7 o'clock, I saw the new Disney film, Wish. And it was fine. Um, it was fine. It is easily the movie here that I have the least amount of opinion on. Like, I don't, I don't hate this movie. I really don't. But I don't care about this movie. Nothing about this movie gives me any kind of outward expression at all. Like, I don't feel passionate to anything, positively or negatively, at all. To anything in this movie. Interesting. It is... The music is fine. I think uh, music has caused some controversy because, you know, like, the musicals that uh, Disney does, they're known for, like, like the big musical numbers are being, like, big, like, theater musical kind of numbers, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. These are, like, pop songs, basically. Stop! Are you being for real? I am absolutely serious. Like, they feel like pop songs. Um, and I think the characters are really boring. Like, there's not really any memorable people. I thought the villain was fine. Like, it is nice to have a Disney villain again. It's been a while. But he was, um, I think very similar to the Thanksgiving Killer, actually. Where, at the beginning, you can kind of, like, you can kind of, like, understand, like, alright, I can see how this person would be a villain. But when they're actually a villain, it becomes, like, too much. 
Um, because of the villain, at the beginning, the villain, you're like, alright, I can kind of, like, see how this person will fall, but you can kind of, like, understand where he was coming from at the beginning, but then how, like, you can understand how he was flawed, you know? Mm-hmm. But then something happens near the middle, and then he just becomes, like, objectively evil. Like, no, um, like, he could not be get got back from being evil, you know? No redemption. No redemption. And it's kind of funny how they bring up that, like, oh, once the once he, he, like, conjures up this curse or something and make him powerful, and they, like, have this line, it's like, oh, once he's evil, like, there's no going back, and I think they just included it, like, alright, if they defeat this villain, we can't feel bad for him, he's, he's not gonna be good anymore. Um, but, like, the animation is nothing special at all. It's, I think Disney really went downhill once they started focusing on um, live-action movies. I think that has been clear more than ever because, I mean, before it, I mean, they've had some weak spots, but they were, I think even with 3D movies, they've had some really good ones like um, Encanto, um, Rapunzel, um, Moana, but Moana was so good. Now, recently, they're focusing on doing stuff like The Little Mermaid and Snow White. And in turn, they're releasing movies like Raya and the Lost Dragon and Strange World, which are... Hey, hey, I liked Raya. I hey. hated Raya. I despise Raya. With a passion. I... Like, one line... There's, like, a singular line in that movie that makes me objectively angry. Um... They've also released... I think Disney has released what I will go on record in saying is my least favorite movie of all time, which is the 2020 live-action Mulan. It is... Oh, that hurt my heart. The worst movie. movie of all time, I think. It is so awful in, like, an insane way, but... Like, this movie, it's like, the problem with this is if this would have been an absolute, like... Uh, what's the word? Like, an absolute disaster. It would have been interesting. But this is not interesting at all. Like, if this would have been the worst thing in the world, then I would have had some kind of, like, passionate response to it. But I don't. Like, it is not an awful movie by any means. Like, it is, like, professionally made. Like, there are some certainly cool shots in here. There are some songs... There's, like, a villain song that's been stuck in my head. Like, it's not awful. But it plays it, like, way, way too safe. Especially considering, like, what other studios are doing with uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse and Nimona and um, Puss in Boots The Last Wish. It is insane how now Disney is the one falling behind when they were kind of the ones pioneering for a long while. Um, because as, uh, someone I follow on Twitter, which is the most embarrassing since I've ever said, um, has said, it's insane that Disney is, like, nowhere near in talks of the best animated feature winner. Like, they're not even close. There's no even chance. Like, every other year you can make the idea of, like, oh, it could. They could win it. This year there's no, like, they're falling behind. Like, last year, their only nomination was, um, Turning Red, 
And even that's Pixar. That's not even Disney. And, yeah, this is easily the shortest. I'm going to talk about a movie. Uh, if you have kids, you can go see Wish. Uh, but, yeah, I, I didn't, I did not feel this movie in any possible way. Um, Disney needs to stop with the talking animals. I will end it there. They just need to stop. They're not funny. The goat in this movie is not funny. Um, so then, uh, I got out of the movie. I got dinner. I got a quick dinner. Relaxed for a bit. I had a, a strong, strong urge to leave. Um, but I didn't, um, because I had one more movie to make. Also, one thing, when I, I would like to say, so I saw a movie, and I'm gonna, I'm not gonna reveal what it was yet. Um, I saw this movie at 9.45, right? Um, I did not get out of this theater until 12.45. The insane part was there was a certain point in time where I was going to be watching this movie at 10.45. I am... So happy that I didn't add an extra hour. Um, but I saw the new Ridley Scott um, biopic, um, Napoleon, starring Joaquin Phoenix and Vanessa Kirby. Joaquin Phoenix, who is, I think, one of my favorite actors currently working. He is really good actor. Um, and it is about Napoleon, obviously, and it is... This movie's weird. This movie is really weird. Um, this movie's so this obviously it's about Napoleon, um, and his escapades, and it's one of the funniest movies of the year. And I don't think you would expect that at all going into it. Um, but there are lines in this movie. Um, there's one line. Where he says, uh, Destiny brought me this lamb chop in full confidence. And then one scene, he's arguing with someone from, like, England. And he gets, like, really loud. And he's like, you guys think you're so much better because you have boats. And then storms off. It is so funny. Um, and I, I'm not sure if it was intentional or unintentional at all, like... It is extremely unclear um, if this was actually meant to be funny or if this is just how it was taken. I think um, there's a lot of there's a good bit of battle scenes, like war scenes, um, and they're easily the highlight of this movie. They are absolutely phenomenally directed. Like it's like on such a scale that is like genuinely impressive. Um, what they were able to accomplish, like a ton of extras and just. It was insane. Um, like, truly made this a treat to see on the big screen. But, um, like I said, with Saltburn not being the best movie to start off with, this was a terrible movie to end the day with because it is, because oh, it is no. uh, almost two hours and 40 minutes long, and I was extremely tired, so I spent almost that entire... Whenever it was not a big battle scene... Just waiting for it, the credits to roll. Stop, um, that's awful. I think the holdovers would have been a much, and I think it, like, it was out of necessity because it was the only movie I think that I could, really like, all the movies lined up perfect where I could get all to five, and I think if I would have tried to change it, I think it would have messed everything up, um, and I really did want to get to Napoleon, 
Um, but I was so insanely tired during that screening. But I will say, once the credits did roll, I have never felt happier. Um, again, I, I, I'm surprised. I think uh, there is currently a, a four-hour cut that exists somewhere that may be dropping onto Apple TV. Four-hour cut. Um, yep. Four hours! Um, and I might check that out, maybe, because I think, and I, I talked about this in my TikTok review about this, it's weird because it, it went one in one side, it feels way too short. Like, it feels like there was, like, so much that wasn't covered, but at the same time, it felt so long. Um, so I'm very interested to see how the four-hour cut might change my opinion. Um, but yeah, I don't, again, this and Wish, it's weird that I put these at last, because, like, I have the least to say about them. Um, like, I'm like, oh, I don't really have an actual, um, really thought-out thing, mainly because I was also tired, so, like, my attention span was dwindling, like, rapidly. Um... But I, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, so for wrapping up, I'd say in a in terms of a ranking, um, the worst movie I saw was Wish. I think that was pretty pretty easy. Then Napoleon, Thanksgiving, Saltburn, and The Holdovers. Um, I've mentioned this to a few people, but I will say this now. Um, I don't have a set schedule or set like group of movies but i may be doing this at the end of december so i guess we will have a another one of these episodes um there's a few movies that are possibilities um that i'm strongly considering um aquaman 2 is one the new ferrari movie is one um well it's the color purple the musical is definitely a, a strong consideration um the there's trailer that you and I saw that's a very strong consideration, which is the new Glenn Powell, Sidney Sweeney movie, Anyone But You. Um, that has a high chance. There's a a ton of movies that release, like, that Christmas week, so I might be knocking those out in one day. We'll see how that goes. We'll find out. We'll find out. Um, follow me on, well, for this, follow me on Instagram. Uh, what is my username, actually? I'm, I'm gonna make sure I can... Tell people to follow me at Trayward uh, S underscore S um, because I will uh, be uh, once we get closer, um, you know, having updates about um, what I will be watching. So yeah, I I don't know. I I definitely can't say like everyone should go out to the movie theaters tomorrow and do this like. It is, it's only for the people that, you know, genuinely love movies on this kind of psychotic degree and are willing to, to like, chunk out an entire day for this. Um, Because it was not, even though I was uh, counting down the seconds for Napoleon's credits, it was not a painful experience. Like, I was not, like... This was a waste of time, and I fully regret this. No, I genuinely had a really good time. And I, again, obviously, we'll be doing this again. So it obviously wasn't uh, too terrible. So that was that was 
how I spent my Saturday. Um, any anything else you would like to add, Audrey? Thanksgiving was great. I feel like the char- the main character should have, or not the main character. I feel like the villain should have had a little more yeah. uh, effort put into it. But everything else was great. Absolutely amazing. Uh, Every movie has their flaws. So uh, my Watch big it. my big theme, like I obviously mentioned, how I don't think Saltburn had a theme. Um, but I, this, this podcast episode does, and that is, uh, watch holdovers. That's, that's the big thing. Um, watch it, watch it with your family, um, and then watch it again with other family. I don't know. Just, just watch the holdovers. Other family? Your second family, guys. Yeah. Watch it with your friends, uh, watch it with your animals. I don't know. Just, Just watch, watch the holdovers. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you guys for listening, um, and if any of these movies, I mentioned this on my TikTok, if any of these movies seem interesting to you at all, definitely go out to the theater and see these because, um, as I have learned, as I learned yesterday, uh, nothing can truly beat a true theater experience. And thank you for listening.